Hey folks, this is Jesse Kilp, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well today, wherever you are, whatever it is that y'all are up to. Thank you for, as always, for giving me a little bit of your time today. And for those of y'all that continue to spread the word about the podcast, thank you so much. Y'all are helping it to grow. And I'm humbled and grateful. So I appreciate it. I'm going to go for a little walk in the pasture today. It's pretty windy, but I think I found a little low spot down in the creek bottom with some trees around that hopefully will protect us a little bit from that wind. No dogs, no cats. A few birds circling overhead. That's about it. Cloudy day. Overcast. Theoretically have some cold weather coming in. So, every so often, probably not near as often as I need to be, maybe we'll try and fix that. We talk about what it actually means to be a Christian nation or or what are the principles of Christ since our nation was founded upon his teachings what are those principles and we're going to go back kind of jump around a little bit but we're going to focus on a little bit by C.S. Lewis and this is out of his book mere christianity and this is a i think the title of this particular chapter that we're going to look at is pretty spot on for our country today and i'll go back i'll throw these in just because we we try and tie it back in this podcast every single time you know president wilson said that america was born a christian nation president truman in a letter to pope pius the 12th i think said that America is a Christian nation. And we've used another, uh, a number of other examples. But so we, we are a Christian nation. That's, although the left and the world tries to dispute that today, it's really not. What they're trying to do is they're just trying to use a lie to convince us that we're not a Christian nation, but we are. So the chapter of this little title from Lewis is We Have Cause to Be Uneasy. And, man, we really do. I was reading through some stuff for a, another upcoming podcast on Benjamin Franklin. And and we really do have cause today to be uneasy. Because the farther we get from our foundations on Christ, the less and less stable our republic is couple things here. We'll start with this one. Uh, Lewis is talking about being on the right path. We all want progress. But progress means getting nearer to the place where you want to be. And if you have taken a wrong turning, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you are on the wrong road, 
Progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. And in that case, the man who turns back soonest is the progressive man. We have all seen this when doing arithmetic. When I have started a sum the wrong way, the sooner I admit this and go back and start again, the faster I shall get on. There's nothing progressive about being pig-headed and refusing to admit a mistake. And I think that if you look at the present state of the world, it's pretty plain that humanity has been making some big mistakes. We are on the wrong road. And if that is so, we must go back. Going back is the quickest way on. If I remember correctly, this book, Mere Christianity, was a compilation of speeches that Lewis was asked to give during World War II. And so it becomes pretty apparent that it was easy to see that they were on the wrong track, as a, that we as a world were on the wrong track at that time. Uh, and he's going to hammer down in this chapter a little bit. I don't know if we'll get to it or not, particularly on Christians, Christian nations or nations that claim to have a majority of people that follow Christ. I should, that's probably the better way to say it. But if you look around today, folks, we're on the wrong track for sure. Uh, you can look externally at China, Ukraine, Russia, Iran, Muslim terrorism. You can look internally even more so at citizens who continue to support and vote for or be indifferent to the evil values of the godless left, right? So people that want to completely kick God out. And I think the real, the, the interesting point in Lewis's comment here is if you really want to be a progressive kind of person, meaning that you're moving forward, that only works, folks, if you're moving in the right direction. So if we're getting closer and closer to our founding principles based on the teachings of Christ, then we are moving in the right direction. But if we're moving farther and farther away, even if we think we're going forward, we're really going backwards. And that's what we've been doing for the last 80 years. We reject God out of our institutions and we reject these principles. You can talk about the sanctity of life, talk about the sanctity of marriage. Uh, you can talk about sex inside being only inside a marriage between a man and a woman. Uh, you can talk about Race relations, as far as critical race theory and identity politics, rejecting them. You could talk about feminism and the hypocrisy and double standards that we see in so many of our institutions today, police, firefighters, military. You can talk about a number of issues where instead of turning around, like Lewis said here, we've continued on down that track and gotten farther and farther away. We've just been stubborn. We're, we're being a very stubborn people as the United States. And it's just wreaking havoc across the board. I, I say this often, although I feel like I haven't said this in a few podcasts. If you really want to get a State of the Union, considering we just had the President's State of the Union recently, if you really want a true State of the Union, go walk the halls of any high school in America and look at the kids. Because the kids give you uh, almost immediate temperature reading, if you will, thermometer gauge on the state of our families and, the, and therefore the state of our union. 
and you can look at these kids and see how much pressure they're under to perform, uh, how, how much pressure or how much heartache they're having to deal with at home, whether it's physical abuse or uh, emotional abuse or abandonment or the fact that they have no idea what the truth is anymore because their parents, even if the parents are whole and together, they're not leading them toward Christ and teaching them about our heritage and our founding principles. Uh, and you can look at the things that people like to talk about on both sides, um, drug abuse, alcohol, sexual abuse. You can look at the LGBTQ lifestyles that are being encouraged in these children and how much destruction that causes them uh, emotionally and physically. But anyway, if we really want to be progressive, if we really want to get on the right track, that's what Lewis is saying here. Just like with math, you've got to start and aim for the right point. So I got a little bit off track there, folks. I apologize. I'm going to skip a couple pages here. Pick up with Lewis again. Christianity tells people to repent and promises them forgiveness. It therefore has nothing, as far as I know, to say to people who do not know that they have done anything to repent of and who do not feel that they need any forgiveness. If it is after you have realized that there is a real moral law and a power behind that law, and that you have broken that law and put yourself wrong with that power. It is after all this and not a moment sooner that Christianity begins to talk. When you know you are sick, you will listen to the doctor. When you have realized that our position is nearly desperate, you will begin to understand what the Christians are talking about. They offer an explanation of how we got into our present state of both hating goodness and loving it. They offer an explanation of how God can be this impersonal mind at the back of the moral law and yet also a person. And they tell you how the demands of this law, which you and I cannot meet, have been met on our behalf, how God himself becomes a man to save man from the disapproval of God. It's an old story, and if you want to go into it, you will no doubt consult people who have more authority to talk about it than I have. I read a little bit more than I wanted to there, folks, but that last line, I want to make sure that I emphasize that personally, what C.S. Lewis was saying. If you really want to talk to somebody about uh, Christianity and, and your own personal relationship with God and Jesus Christ, there's people out there that do it a lot better than I do. And I think that's what Lewis was saying there at the end is I'm just kind of giving you the directions. But if you if you really want the details, there's people out there that have that and they do a much better job. And I wholeheartedly concur. But the other thing that's just spot on here to me is. You know, the problems that we have today in a nation. Uh, homosexuality, adultery no-fault divorce, um, abuse of children, 
worship of the state in place of God, socialism, communism, fascism, leftism, uh, any number of other things. I'm sure I forgot greed, uh, pride. It, the list is pretty long, folks. These aren't new. Uh, these problems have been around in our country because they've been around in humanity forever. The difference, and it is a shockingly stark difference, folks. It is, a, it is, it is the difference that is really allowing for the destruction of our country today are the number of people who kind of, as Lewis said here, who do not know they have done anything to repent of and who do not feel that they need any forgiveness. The problem in America today is not that we are accomplishing new sins necessarily. It's that we're approving of them. We're condoning them. We're pretending like they're not problems. You look at those things that I just mentioned, each one of those, and there's this idea today that those aren't those aren't really problems. We've treated them as problems in the past. You know, homosexuality, LGBTQ relationships in general were up until the 70s for the homosexual ones. And then up until the, just the last few years for the transgender ones, those were by medical professionals treated as mental illnesses. And now we've magically waved a wand and said, oh, no, they weren't really mental illnesses. We were wrong and we hurt people all this time. You know, divorce used to be looked upon. Uh, outside of infidelity is just there wasn't even an option and and if you did that you were there was something to be ashamed of that, that's another thing folks and I talk about that every once in a while there are things that we should be ashamed of you know if I suddenly became so addicted to food that I looked up one day and I weighed three or four hundred pounds I should be ashamed of that that's not something to be proud of that's not something to flaunt that's not something to set up as so many of our magazines today do for our young children as an example to follow that should be something to look at and say you see that person over there without being cruel but if you're going to if you're going to talk to others about it you ought to talk honestly about it that's not something that you want to do just like um, sexual abuse or drug addiction or alcoholism none of these things are good and so you know there there should be some shame that come with these things you know LGBTQ relationships, that shouldn't be something that you're proud of. It shouldn't be something that you hold up and esteem. Hey, this is a good thing. Just like sex outside of a marriage, you know. So often today, we, for a long time, we have held men up that sleep around a lot. Oh, that's a real man. No, that's the opposite of a real man. That's, that's a coward. <laughs> that's somebody that's so wrapped up in themselves that they don't even know which way is up anymore. There should be shame with those things. You know, uh, I know this was back in the dark ages, folks, when I was in high school so long ago, I can't even remember. There was something when a girl got pregnant in school, it wasn't something that you that you held up as, oh, man, that's so good. Let's cheer that on. And yet today we barely bat an eye at it. Those are problems. Those aren't good things. And, and that's what Lewis is getting here. And that's that is, folks, that really is one of the, if not the foundational difference. The reason we're struggling so much today is now we're holding these things up that are not good as if they are good. We're calling evil things good. And really, honestly, we're talking a lot of we're calling a lot of good things evil. You know, you want to talk about security of a nation being able to secure their own borders, which has a very strong foundation, Old Testament, despite what a lot of people try and use those verses as. 
you know, people didn't get into Israel. You're going to use the Bible. They didn't get into Israel and then all of a sudden decide, you know what, I don't like this God thing, but I'm still going to stay here in your country. That wasn't how it worked. They were expected to follow the laws of Israel. Well, there's no difference today. America has every right to expect that the immigrants that come here obey their laws and value their same values. But we've decided to call those decent things wrong. Y'all get the idea. That's what C.S. Lewis was saying. One more, I think. All I am doing is to ask people to face the facts, to understand the questions which Christianity claims to answer. And they are very terrifying facts. I wish it was possible to say something more agreeable, but I must say what I think true. Of course, I quite agree that the Christian religion is, in the long run, a thing of unspeakable comfort. But it does not begin in comfort. It begins in the dismay I have been describing. And it is no use at all trying to go on to that comfort without first going through that dismay. In religion, as in war and everything else, comfort is the one thing you cannot get by looking for it. If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin with and, in the end, despair. Most of us have got over the pre-war wishful thinking about international politics. It is time we did the same about religion. <laughs> A lot here, folks. You know, 70 years later, we're still doing the same thing. And I'm going to come back to that. Jefferson, you know, Lewis just then said that he wished he could say something more agreeable and that it's, it's the facts are terrifying. And that reminded me of Jefferson's quote, God who gave us life gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but with his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. We've murdered 60, over 60 million of our own citizens, and we pretend that it's a right for women to do it. We're foolish, foolhardy if we think that there's not going to be a price to pay from God just on that one thing alone. The other that struck me here was C.S. Lewis's comment. If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth. And it reminded me of Franklin's famous quote. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And the very last part here, folks, and I'm about to leave you with it, but it's it's so, so true and so applicable today. Most of us, remember, he's writing this during World War II. Most of us have got over the pre-war wishful thinking about international politics. It's time we did the same about religion. You know, our founders had to realize there came a point where they had to admit that there was no reconciliation with Britain. And even more troubling for them, from what little I've read, and, and it makes sense, though, out of your own experiences, I think you can see this, is they had to realize that there was no reconciliation with their fellow colonists that, that demanded on staying loyal to Britain, even though Britain was committing these evils. Uh, Civil War, the North, there came a point when they had to look around and go, there's, there's no way to save this union but with a fight. 
and and that means against our own brothers and sisters. Well, and then here Lewis is talking about World War II. You know, for a decade or more before, everybody in Europe basically said, "Man, if we'll just leave Hitler alone, if we'll just be nice to him and talk to him and convince him, we can surely, surely we can work this out." Well, that completely pipe dream of an idea came crashing down around them. We've seen this today with Muslim terrorists. There's no reconciliation with those people. That religion is not one of peace or tolerance. And to pretend so opens the door to destruction, which which we've had, which we've had. We've seen that personally in our own lifetime. Well, at some point, folks, we're going to have to look and realize that there is no reconciliation in this country. You can't have people that stand for our founding faith and principles based on the teachings of Christ reconcile with people that refuse, that reject those and embrace exactly the opposite, which the left does. At some point, we're going to have to realize, and this includes more than really any national politicians or cultural leaders, this includes our neighbors, our friends, and our family. You can't reconcile those two sides. You can't reconcile good and evil. You can't, no matter how hard you try, you can't sit there on fundamental issues like life, like God and our institutions, more than that, and then life, and then marriage, and, and sex, and, and racism and bigotry, those, those issues, those handful of issues that are truly fundamental. You cannot sit there and have two people that are diametrically opposed because there's no middle ground on those issues. You can't be kind of for life and kind of against life. Like you can't cut off half the baby and say, well, the other half's still alive. It doesn't work. And at some point, we're going to have to realize that, that there is a split, just like our founders did. And the solution is not the secessionist nonsense that you hear so many spout off today. The solution is it's time for those people to move on and find a new home. Just like our founders had to do, as painful as it was, just like the North and South had to do, said, look, this is the way this is going to go. And if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. There's going to be consequences for that. Just like World War II. Just like we've seen, really, although we have not executed this as we've seen it, but we're still trying to pretend we've still got blinders on. We're still trying to pretend it's not true with the Muslim terrorists. You cannot reconcile two sides when one is good and one is evil. And, and Lewis was talking about that. And at some point, our back's going to be up against the wall enough where we can't play games anymore. All right, folks, I took y'all. Much longer than I tended to. Seem to be doing that a lot lately. Y'all forgive me, please. I guess y'all can always turn it off whenever you want to. Y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever's left of your day. The guineas must see me coming. You can hear them in the background. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for joining me. Give me a little bit of your time. Remember what a, a great sphere of influence y'all have. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it. Thank y'all so much.